Hey everyone, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Ned Johnson of The Self-Driven Child. Good morning, Ned. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm very intrigued by your book. I'm a mom, and there's so much stress nowadays with kids. I mean, I'm just thinking to everything from what's going on in the news to just everything. And um, so let's start off with, uh, you know, why was it so important to write this book? Well, it's a good question. You know, we're looking at sort of the twin scourges that we see of kids who are struggling with anxiety, oftentimes at a debilitating level, and also kids who are struggling with motivation. And the research shows that feeling powerless, feeling helpless, feeling they have no control is about as stressful as it could possibly get. Sure. If you have a kid who's sick and there's nothing you can do, you're, just, you're out of your mind. If you know you can apply medicine, it's not great, but it's a whole lot better. And then also from a motivational perspective, if you feel that you have no choice, that what you do doesn't make any difference, it's impossible to develop a healthy motivational system. Right. So why do you think there's so much stress nowadays? I'm thinking back to like when I was little growing up in New York and I didn't have a care in the world and you didn't hear about all these things and there were no phones. Well, you know, it's a great point. There's a, there, there are a lot of things. I mean, one of it is, there is what's called an intrinsic versus an uh, in, internal versus external, intrinsic yes. versus extrinsic, locus of control. Mm-hmm. And so somewhere in the last few decades, it became the most important thing in the world is, is where you go to college and what your grades are. And then now in the last decade or so, not only how you appear, but how you appear online. Mm-hmm. And this just increases the number of things we have to pay attention to. And it's easier to pay attention to two kids than it is to five, right? And so kids today are just increasingly feel like they're, they have too many things to do. And a lot of those things that, that are, they've been told are really, really important are very hard for them to control. Right. You know, I'm seeing uh, in my own life that it's not just the homework, the teachers thinking about college. Because I tell, I actually tell my kids, I don't need you to get straight A's. I'm not going to be upset if you don't have straight A's. I just want you to be mentally, you know, healthy, happy. Because you know, it doesn't mean anything if you bomb SATs. You can still be a great right, success. Right, right. It's, a, it's an excellent point. I think it's a really healthy one. I would, I would add to that. In, in some ways, telling them don't worry about this is part of it, but it can feel to a kid a little bit like don't worry about the monster under the bed. Oh, I know. Right? <laughs> if, if, you can, if we can talk about, you know, you know I, I want you to do as well in school as you want to do well in school, but what I'm really interested in is your figuring out what it is that you like to do, what are you better at than other people, and working really hard at it, because that's how you're likely to be successful in life. So we, we have kids who are just, academics are hard for them, right? And if we tell them that, that being the top of your class is the most important thing, at some point they're just going to give up because they just resign themselves to, I can't be successful there. But if we say, I want you to do the best you can in school, but I also, I I notice how great you are with people. And Mm -hmm. I want you to take that seriously because chances are you're going to be a champion champion salesperson or, or, you know, you're going to be great as as a psychologist or maybe a a radio interviewer or the, 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 the people who are the best CEOs in the world are the best at this because they're so good at working with all types of other people. Yes. And so those are also important things for you to, to, to work really hard on. Right. I remember in graduate school studying Howard Gardner and the different types uh-huh. of intelligences. Uh-huh. And I tell my daughter, you know, you're very strong in projects and creative things. Just because you might not do so well all the time on a test doesn't mean anything because she has a slime business, very successful slime business. I said, you have cool. different skills, you know. 
I think it's an excellent one. And every kid I, who have come in to work with me for the SAT or the ACT who just feels that I'm just no good at this, I'm never as good as my sister or my friends or whatever, mm-hmm. I absolutely break out that frames of mind, Howard Gardner, and say, you know, school yeah. acts like there are only two types of intelligence in the world, right? right? You know, this linguistic and this mathematical, but, and then you go on to all the other things of visual, spatial, and body kinesthetic and artistic, you know, I mean, the, the Sir Ken Robinson video, uh, you know, about the, the, the little girl who ended up not, not great in school, but she was a dancer, right? And, right. and she, of course, is this lifelong choreographer. And so when we can help kids realize there's not this one narrow path to success, there are paths in a thousand different directions. I, do, I want you to open your eyes and, and to those and look for other people you see who are successful and think about wh- what was the path that got them there. Right. Steven Spielberg dropped out of college. His mom encouraged <sighs> him to do film. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to touch on your book. Um, this is, it's so interesting. What are some tips for parents from the self-driven child? Well, um, it's important partly because of today's, uh, you know, the events of the last 24 hours. Yes. One of the most helpful things that parents can do is to work as hard as they can to be a non-anxious presence. Mm. Because the world today feels, whether it's objectively true, but it feels a little scarier. And, you know, if you invoke Fred Fred Rogers, you know, run towards the helpers. And what I would say is kids are going to run towards the people who make them feel safe. And if as a parent, if I'm more stressed out than my kid is, he's not going to run towards me. Or if he does run towards me, I'm not going to help him. Right? We talk about in the book, put your own oxygen on first, mm-hmm. right? So I want to work really hard to be as composed, as non-anxious as possible, so that I can be a sponge and pull it off my kid, but also, so in the middle of a crisis, I will think a lot more clearly if I'm less anxious than more anxious. Sure. Well, I'll give you an example in our community, uh, Blaise Bernstein. Do you know that name? I do. Okay. You have to remind me that. Okay, so Blaise Bernstein was murdered. Uh, he was missing January 2nd. Oh, that's right. A week later, that's they right. found uh, somebody who's actually a neo-Nazi, anti-Semitic, oh, right. um, and, and homophobic. So anyway, completely rocked our community, scared the bejeebies out of my daughter. Uh, sure. My last name is Bernstein. So, you know, and it's it's very hard to... Un- have them understand you're you're okay, you're safe, but but it's you know it's a process. And the other thing, that it's a, you're absolutely right. And I think the other thing that you do there is is kind of work on what would you do in this situation, right? And mm-hmm. you you, re- you rehearse. I mean, just like you know, we we if if we we do what do we do if the house catches on fire? How do we get out of there, right? right. And what's important is you don't just do this in theory. Let's every you know every. Saturday at the end of every month, we're going to practice this, we're going to practice this, we're going to practice this. And so you can do that. You could go to the grocery store and say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to walk away. And what I want you to do is go find an adult, right? Who's the grown up here who can help you? Right. And I'll be watching because I want you to practice this, particularly if you have a kid who's anxious. Mm-hmm. Because if they know, if they can anticipate in a situation, I have something that I can do. One, they'll be more likely to execute that protocol when they're really stressed. But two, they're much less likely to be stressed because there is a protocol to execute. Right. There are so many things that kids worry about. I mean, I didn't put the news on the past 24 hours because, you know, there's, it's just so yeah. much. I mean, I'm aware what's going on, but I feel like, okay, another shooting. Our kid's going to be nervous to go to school, go to the movies, go here, there, anywhere. I mean, it's, it's very hard. What advice do you have on that? Well, I, I certainly turn off the TV. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's some things. Sure. I, you know, I, I, I know the facts, and I, um, 
because you know again the, the research shows that that there are tolerable stresses <clears throat> and then there are toxic stresses and tolerable ones are ones that kids can handle with support right and that's our job as parents is to is to help them through these things because having gone through a a, a breakup with a friend right or, or not getting on, <clears throat> on the soccer team mm-hmm. they can look back on them and say look look how strong you were and you're able to get through that it makes them more confident and more courageous going forward um, but if things are chronic or if things are overwhelming, they say, I have no idea. We need to shield kids from those because it, it doesn't build strength. It actually makes, it actually really pancakes them. Um, and so that's part of us as parents, knowing what our kids can handle and having them handle as much as they can. But when it's too much, you say, I step in and this one's on me. I'm going to take care of this for yes, you. Yes, exactly. When, one thing I want to say as a mom that I, I'm constantly talking to my kids about, you need an outlet. You know, you need to forget about yep. school for a little bit, go jump on a trampoline, walk, exercise, because that's part of your life routine for dealing with the stress you have. Oh, boy, is that a good point. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I talked with a kid the other day who's got a really complicated situation. I asked her, well, what do you do, what do, you do to relieve stress? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I watch television. And I said, well, with all due respect, I think that makes you forget your problems, but it doesn't really, really doesn't relieve the stress. Yeah. So, you know, she then talked about how much she loved the cross. And, and I said, well, that's, that's great. And let, let me show you the literature on what vigorous exercise does for you or, or what being well-rested does or what time in nature does or what spending time with your friends, particularly when you're having fun and you're not all stressed or, or time with mom and dad. Because you, you, we started the conversation with what's going on and, and with, with stress with kids today. And part of it, I think of it as the total amount of inflows and the total amount of you know outflows. And so we want to limit the number of stressors that are coming into us, not to zero, but, but to, to a point that they're not overwhelming. And we can also do that by increasing the outflows, what pulls stress out of a kid. Yes. Again, being well-rested, spending time with mom and dad, all these sorts of things. Because if you can, if you're can condition your, your child now to say, what are healthy ways for you to manage stress? These are tools just like brushing your teeth and putting on your suit your, your, your seatbelt when you hop in a car, right. that you practice this all the way through middle school and all the way through high school. And so when you get to be an adult, you're not just saying, boy, do I need a cocktail to blow off steam. You say, you know, I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a walk with my, 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 my kid because that makes me feel so much yes. better. Yes. And you have a great chapter in here on sleep. I, I actually have, I know people used to make fun of me for having my kids go to bed earlier because I know Im- how important it is. My dad used to say the same thing. Go to bed, go to bed, recharge. You have to recharge your battery. Well, you know, part of the, the executive functions that reside in the, in the prefrontal cortex, so, you know, decision-making and, and motivation and resilience, emotional flexibility, all these things that make well-functioning people function well, mm-hmm. it gets completely obliterated by stress, by being tired. You know, and, and the effects of the brain on, uh, of sleep deprivation look just like stress. And, and I knew in my world, I spent all my time with folks who are pretty stressed out. You know, they're, they're, this SAT or this ACT is really important to them, and everyone's feeling stressed. And my job is to go in there and kind of be a stress sponge. Mm-hmm. And I can feel when I'm sort of at my limit, and I go, because mm, I, I get impatient. And I go, oh, I need to go to bed early. So I tell my wife and kids, I'm, I'm going to bed at 9.30, right. not 10.30 tonight, because I, you're going to like me better, and I know I'm going to like exactly. you better if I'm more arrested. <laughs> oh, I agree. I mean... I feel like as a mom, if I'm rested and I eat well, take care of myself, I'm a much happier camper. 
Yeah. I was telling the student of mine uh, who's got it was super bright but some executive functions, and I was explaining to him, do you ever notice how when you're really tired, you feel like your mom, you know, is, is being such a you know, jerk to you today? Yeah, yeah. And, and they have this great relationship, and he, and he smiles without missing a beat. He says, gosh, I must, I must be tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. He's a funny kid. It's so funny. So where can people find out more about you? Well, our website is theselfdrivenchild.com, and the book is you know, kind of everywhere you'd expect to, to be able to buy books, your local bookstore. We always encourage that, and of course, all those great places online, including Amazon. Um, but our website is theselfdrivenchild.com. Perfect. And any last uh, bit of advice for parents? I mean, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And yeah. um, thank you. And um, <laughs> I always get a laugh, you know, or some kind of weird reaction, like, what? Yeah. Um, you know, people go through all these ups and downs as, as parents. What last bit of advice would you give them into going through a tough patch with their kid? Well, I'd say if, if there's anything, if you, if you don't know what else to do, make it your highest priority to just love your kid and love spending time with him and make sure that he or she feels how much you just love him and love spending time with him. Perfect. Ned, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed your book. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.